0: It's the AgShip Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the key creator, lead editor, lead writer, only writer of the Ag Ship. Uh, it's a credentialed Utah State uh, football and basketball men's and women's outlet uh, delivered straight to your inbox for $6 or $10 a month, depending on the tier that you want to subscribe at. The $6 tier will get you your usual feature stuff, uh, player features, uh, cover story after game, Game preview, uh, when we are into basketball season, it'll get you a lot of basketball coverage because I'm going to tell you a secret, I don't know a ton of basketball scheme, I'm going to work on it, but uh, that's the ship tier, that's the $6 tier, that's the baseline tier, that's going to get you most of the stuff. The $10 tier is for the diehards, it's the flagship tier, that'll get you access to film review, film preview, film stories in general, the monthly Q&A podcast, um, things, of, things of that nature. That is the the more sort of in-depth, if you if you want to learn more about how the things that Utah State is doing uh, work or don't work, or if you want to learn more about what to expect from upcoming opponents against Utah State, the flagship tier is for you. If you want to just try it just to see, uh, there's a button in this podcast's uh, post on www.theagship.com. That will give you one free month of the flagship tier. Um, back in the saddle here on the pod, in the podcasting world. It been a little while since we last talked. Did not uh, did not record a podcast for the off week because um, it was it was a bye week for everybody, folks, and that that includes myself. Um, I say even though I <laughs> did still work during the bye week, but um, no podcast. No, I didn't have enough that I thought I could fill a podcast by myself. Um, <clears throat> but we're back back on this uh, just a wonderful Saturday morning here in Logan um, we've got we the, the fall weather has just boosted everything that, that I'm doing over here it's uh, that that's the the cheat code for the AG ship and for for my productivity is that it just needs to be fall as soon as it's fall I'm, I'm cruising um, it's about 45 degrees this morning and that is just that's just wonderful I I am going to enjoy every second of it. This will be my first fall in Logan, and I'm very, very excited about it. Um, and I've got, uh, today I've got some UNLV to talk about. I've got Utah State's upcoming tonight opponent. My apologies for this podcast being relatively late for it coming out Saturday morning rather than uh, than, than earlier than that. Um, I was uh, I, I, I did some searching to try and find a, a UNLV guest to come on this week, and I uh, did not have any luck, and then by the time I looked up from doing that, it was already Friday, and f- on Friday, I had <clears throat> several stories that I needed to work on, and I just didn't end up having time, so you're getting it this morning, should be still enough time to uh, to listen before tonight's big game, a uh, game that Utah State, I think, really, really desperately needs to win. This is sort of, this is one that I think kind of uh, will determine the season a little bit, would, would be my, <clears throat> would be my guess, I'm gonna take a, take a sip of coffee here, I've still got my morning coffee, I'm still, I'm still getting into the swing of things, um, but I think that this one is pretty much do or die for Utah State, and obviously, It's game four. It's weird to be saying that about game four in a season. You don't really want to be in a place where you're saying that about game four. But I think it's true. I think that after last week's, uh, well, last game's result against Weber State, um, there has to be sort of a, a, a sense of like... You know this needs to happen. They need to. They need to just. They need to win the game at some point. They need to get in there and they need to win a game uh, against an actual opponent. Because I don't think that UConn counts, and they've not looked good in two games. And and this is. It's only. Your, it's only the first conference game. You know there are more conference games. They could still have everything technically in front of them if they don't win here. But you think about the games that are coming up after this one, and I. You could see it snowballing here. <clears throat> 'Cause I don't imagine that Utah State's gonna beat BYU. And then and maybe I'm wrong on that, but I I that's not currently what my where my head is at. So I don't expect that. And then suddenly <clears throat> you're talking about, you know, losing this one, losing to BYU, you're one in four. Just like that. One in four is not a good place to be. And then it's Air Force at home. That that's a losable game too. You could be very easily 1-5 in going into a pair of road games at Colorado State and Wyoming, and neither of those are gimmies either. Colorado State is. But uh, that it's, it's, it's a big one here. This is a big one for getting some momentum back, big one for getting things back on the right track, for proving that they are capable of responding to, to what has happened so far this season because it's, it's not been a good start. And so I think that this is really an ideal time. To do that I think that this is an ideal matchup for that for a team that needs that. Um, UNLV is improved. it has it has gotten better from last season when it was sort of a, a doormat but um, it has it has still certainly not become unbeatable. it is not uh, you know it, it, this is not like a <clears throat> I don't think a serious title contender or anything like that. And so this is a this is a winnable game for for Utah State. It is a very winnable game. It's a game they should win. um, but it is still going to be it's a challenge and it's not like just a uh like a Yukon style gimme game. if If Utah State wins this one, it would be a legitimately impressive result. It would be an impressive win for a team that really, really needs to be able to claim. An impressive win here. So what are we going to see actually on the field today? Um, We'll start with UNLV's offense, which I did a uh, sort of a film study about the offense. It was mostly about the rushing attack. But uh, for the film preview this week, um, and the main things here that you need to know about this offense, we'll start up front. This offensive line has been very, very impressive this season. Very impressive um, they have it's an experienced group. Uh, Davion McDaniel at left tackle, transferred in last season. He's a senior. Preston Nichols at left guard is a senior. Uh, they got three starting seniors just on the uh, on the offensive line. They got another junior at center. Uh, Tiger Shanks is the youngest of the bunch at right tackle. He's a sophomore, but he's backed up by senior Kobe Bryant, who's a transfer in from SMU. Um, <clears throat> this is a. This is a veteran line, and it's a very, very impressive line so far this season. The pass pass protection has not been very good. Um, They've allowed seven sacks, I want to say, through three games. But the run blocking has been outstanding. The run blocking has been tremendous all season long. It, It has been extremely good. They have been very, very good at just when they have numbers equated, just washing a defense out of the play entirely uh, for Aiden Robbins, halfback Aiden Robbins, to cut back against. Um, it has not, he is not necessarily the kind of runner, and I'll talk about him more in a second, but he's not necessarily the kind of runner who is going to run into the midst of an offensive line. He's 6'3", 230. It's just not really how it works. They like to run him onto a, a full side of either... You know, side of the offensive line. He wants to run outside of the the box, outside of the tackles, essentially, uh, to avoid getting caught in the mud. And he will run inside, but his best plays go to the outside. And this offensive line has been very good at assisting that, at washing down opposing defensive lines and defensive, uh, you know, second levels and creating big gaps for him to run into in open space. So the offensive line is going to be a major focus here. This is a team in an offense that wants to just beat you straight up individually. It's 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 man-on-man. Man. They think they can win the one-on-one matchups, and generally this season they've been correct. They're 2-1, very nearly beat Cal to be 3-0, oh, did not pull that off. Um, but they were absolutely in that game. And this is a team worth respecting on offense especially. The offense has looked very, very good this season. Um, in the backfield... The two names to know largely are quarterback Doug Brumfield and Robbins, the halfback who I mentioned a second ago. I'll start with Brumfield. Um, he's looked good this season. He's looked legitimately, he's looked good. He's looked much better than he did last season. Um, now granted, he only played in a reserve role last season. He was, not a, uh, he was not a full-time starter. I think that he played one or two games as a starter, but he was largely serving as a backup, and he looked... You know, like a young backup, he looked like he was talented, but didn't really know what he was doing with the football. He completed like 43% of his passes. It was not a huge number. Um, and he looked uh, there was a, there was a lot to there was a lot to there was a lot to add to his game. There was a lot of development that needed to be done. And uh, through three games early on here in the season. It looks like he has done it. It looks like that development has happened. It looks like he has seen that improvement. Um, He is completing more than 70% of his passes. He has seven touchdowns to one interception. He's not tucking it and running quite as frequently as he did last year. He's saving it more for when it actually makes sense. He is a capable... I'd say even a very capable runner. He's a good athlete uh, at 6'5", 225, <clears throat> and he, he is tucking and running when he needs to. He has been picking up a lot of third and long, you know, move the chains first downs by scrambling while the rest of the defense is distracted by, by the routes down the field. He has done a lot of that, and they don't do a ton of designed runs, but it is a part of his game and something that Utah State will <clears throat> need to be aware of. Um, But the passing attack here in general, I don't think is going to be that big of a deal. It's fine. It's a fine passing attack. It's good. But it sort of serves not as really the main focus. It is supplementary. It is meant to set up the rushing attack. It is meant to help the rushing attack. Um, And a lot of the stuff you're going to see from this passing game is going to be pretty basic. There's a lot of Screens. There's a lot of quick curls. There's a lot of really, really quick outs. Just get the ball out of the backfield as fast as you can. That is sort of the the approach to a lot of this passing attack. A lot of it is not very complex. It's more just, let's get the ball into open space. Let's get it to receivers who can maybe make a play after the catch, which is going to be really important here for Utah State is tackling at the point of of the catch. You have to... Uh, you have to get these guys to the ground once they get the ball. You cannot give them room to run, specifically Ricky White, who's the leading receiver right now in receptions and yards. I think he's tied for most touchdowns with three. Um, he's a transfer in from Michigan State, sort of came in thought of as a deep threat, and he has had some of that. He has had success going down the field, but he has really been solid underneath as well as a screens guy, as a short yardage guy and it's because he's very, very hard to get to the ground. He misses tackles. He makes defenders miss. He's really quick, shifty. He has been a a yards-after-the-catch machine in an offense that is designed around getting yards after the catch. Uh, Jeff Weimer in the slot and Kyle Williams in the other outside wide receiver spot do a lot of the same things. They have a lot of the same skill sets. I think White is the best of the bunch, but... All three of those guys can offer pretty similar skill sets in what they do, and it it makes sense for this offense because a lot of the passing attack is those short passes that are meant to really just spread the defense out and keep it from from loading up the box. But it's a a nice little add-on if the wide receiver is able to turn you know, a pass two yards behind the line of scrimmage into 11 yards in a first down. That's great. That 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 is something that they have had a lot of this season, and something that Utah State has struggled with, and something that Utah State is really, really going to need to be up to the task for this week. I think that it's uh, it's it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world to defend, even if it's not super complicated. Um, and then the, the downfield threat of the passing game is going to come largely from play action. It's going to be from things that are set up by the running game where the defense does start to bite in, at which point they will look to go downfield to Ricky White. But you're not going to see a ton of that. This is this is largely a short yardage offense that wants to create plays in open space, but doesn't want to take a ton of risks in how it is creating those that open space. Just wants to get the ball out quickly. Doesn't want to wait too long in the backfield doesn't want to send guys too far down the field, doesn't want to ask Doug Brumfield to throw the ball too far. Um, it, it's, it keeps things simple, keeps things pretty easy, and I think it has been obviously working out pretty well for them this year. I think that it has been objectively a pretty good move, a pretty good decision. I, I, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. Um, then there's the running game, and the running game is – Sort of the crown jewel here behind Aiden Robbins, who's a transfer in from Louisville. He is a big, big back. Really, really big physical back. Um, And he has used that to his advantage. The offense is designed around his skill set. He is a tough guy to get to the ground. They keep things very, very simple in the running game. It's a lot of split zone. There's a little bit of outside zone. They do some power, and then they do some sweeps. That's about it there's you'll see maybe a little bit of counter if you see counter it might be with backup courtney reese who's sort of the change of pace back he's five eight one sixty five very funny to have those two guys in the same room um playing the same position with uh six inches of height and about 70 pounds (laughs) between them playing the same position what a great sport um but he is the main part of this offense that I think Utah State will need to reckon with. He is a he he is as you would expect him to be. He has pretty good long speed uh, for as big as he is. Not a great accelerator, but once he gets going, he's really hard to bring down very physical has surprisingly good footwork for how big he is. Um, and he's just he's a guy who you have to you can't arm tackle him. You got to have a lot of guys there to help make the play. He's a tough guy to bring to the ground. This is an offense that likes to run to the outside. Utah State's linebackers will need to be ready. They have not been to this point in the season uh, up to the task of of really slowing down a rushing attack. Honestly, as funny as it is, their best game against the run was against Alabama, which I don't I'm, I don't I don't understand that. I'm not going to look into that too much because I can't uh, I can't grasp it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just uh, <laughs> trying to look at it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but the linebackers have to be disciplined. They have to be quick to the ball. And they have to be respectful of their gaps, and they have to maintain that, that, that sort of the leverage that they have set for them in the pre-snap, in the in the, uh, in the design of the play. They've not been able to do that quite yet. That is something, I think, to definitely keep an eye on in this game. If, if Aiden Robbins on the first drive of the game goes 75 yards to the house, it could be a pretty long afternoon for, for Utah State. And that would be uh less than ideal I think (laughs) that is really sort of the thing here is that that uh this offense can be limited as long as you don't let Aiden Robbins beat you as long as you don't let him uh sort of he's he's their their biggest weapon the one who would do the most damage you cannot let him do that because he'll kill you it'll just he'll it'll end the game when they can run the ball as well as they have in some places this this season you can very quickly see something become like a fifty-eight twenty-seven, like they just did to North Texas, it is not out of the realm of possibility with this offense when Robbins gets going. Um, defensively here for Utah State, not a ton of new information to talk about. I'm curious to see what the rotations are going to look like in the it, behind the defensive line because it seems like there are some some positions that are not unsettled. I wouldn't say, but that have yet to see the, the guys who are in the starting positions really establish themselves, and it might still see some rotation there. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of uh, Kaleo Neves at striker, who I have not seen a ton from this season, maybe a little bit more Mario Kiki here. Uh, at linebacker, MJ Tafisi and AJ Pachan are the veterans, but I think that... Uh, I think Max Alford has been sort of making a bush. I think he's been impressive. I think that Sione Moa and uh, and Cole Joyce have been pretty impressive. I could see some more rotation there. Um, <clears throat> at safety, Dominic Tatum behind Hunter Reynolds. I don't think Dominic Tatum is going to be playing a ton. Uh, it seems like he's still coming along in his injury recovery but he is somebody to keep an eye on but really Ike Larson behind Gervin Hall I think Ike Larson is better than Gervin Hall and so I'm curious to see how much Ike Larson plays in this game Um, and then up front you do have the uh, the injuries to deal with at tackle specifically Uh, Phil Paya is out for the season with a knee injury uh, in his place, it seems like uh, Tuyaki and Tavian Coleman are the two who will get the call. Um, it appears that Pokesi uh, Vakata is healthy and is ready to go for this game. We will see if that's actually the case because he has been, in quotation marks, healthy before. Um, but I, I would hope that the bye week has helped him and also, and also uh, Hale Motuapuaka, who has been suffering with an injury as well. Um, Utah State needs as much help a defensive tackle as it can get and really needs those those top two guys to be healthy I think that that's gonna be a pretty major storyline in this game is are those tackles healthy are they able to help handle this rushing attack fill the gaps on the inside clear room for the linebackers to shoot into the backfield and make some big plays um, UNLV has not allowed a whole lot of havoc this season has not been stuffed very frequently has not been tackled behind the line very frequently Utah State needs to change that in this game, needs to put them behind the sticks, needs to force Doug Doug, Doug Brumfield to beat them down the field. We've not really seen him do a ton of that to this point, and I think that forcing that is going to be pretty important for Utah State. Um, On the other side of the ball, Utah State is fairly healthy. It seems like the offensive line is about intact um Logan Bonner is going to get another go at quarterback uh and t- he, he so from what we have from what we have heard it seems like the issue for Logan Bonner right now who does not look 100% is not physical. He is physically he is okay. He is he is the knee is repaired. There's no structural damage. He is doing okay. But from the sounds of it, from hearing Blake Anderson talk about it, from hearing Logan Bonner talk about it, is that this is a mental thing. It is trying to get past the you know, uh, fear of re-injuring the knee, the understanding of what having that injured knee was like, and of of not being sure fully of yourself and of your body, which is a really difficult place to be in for any kind of football player, but especially for a quarterback who has to move around in the pocket, who is standing in there and taking hits, a lot of them to the the lower body, um, and that seems to be the issue right now for Logan Bonner. And I think that that is something that, you know, he has deserved the the chance. He deserves the chance to uh, to prove that he can do it, that he can get beyond that. And I think that he will get the chance. But it is something to keep an eye on. Blake Anderson sounded a little bit more open this past week towards. Maybe making a change, if he needs to. If Logan Bonner is not all the way there, is not able to get beyond that that sort of mental block, and uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see, because Utah State needs him to be at at full strength in this game. Needs him to be good. This UNLV defense is not outstanding or anything, but there are guys here who are worth worrying about um also on the utah state offense no kyle van lewin he is out for the season also with a knee injury um big hit there losing the top slot receiver in his place we heard a couple names from blake anderson terrell vaughn and nana davis are obviously the big ones those are the main guys who have been backing up van lewin in the slot in general this season but Anderson also mentioned Kyrese Rowan, who's a transfer over from Utah, who has not been healthy enough to play this season, but does appear to be healthy now and is expected to contribute. And Brock Lane, who's a tight end, but who can, rather than having four wide sets, Brock Lane can sort of add a, a more of a receiving threat at tight end, and you can do little bit more 11 personnel, which I think is what Blake Anderson meant when he mentioned Brock Lane, and that is that it would be rather than he's playing the slot receiver, it's just we're taking a slot receiver off the field for Brock Lane, which I think would make sense. Um, But other than that, offensively, I don't think there are a ton of changes to mention here for Utah State. Now for UNLV defensively, starting uh, we'll start up front. We'll start with the defensive line there are some names to know, and then there are some names that I don't really think you need to be especially aware of. The names I don't think you need to be especially aware of are on the inside at tackle. Both of these guys who start here, um, I think it's Ilial Ahimar um, and uh, Tavis Malachius. I'm saying these names for the first time. I'm hope that I hope that I am. Uh, I hope that I am getting them correct. I'm going to go with Tavis Malakias for that. Um, they are both fine. They're both fine players. They've been playing well this year. They they fill their roles well. They are value adds to the defensive line. But I don't think that you really need to think about them that much. They are both just sort of traditional defensive tackles. They can kind of have a tendency to fade into the background a little bit. Um, they are what they are. And I, I think that that is, you know, just just... You gotta just gotta just gotta block them. That's it. It's 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 pretty simple. Just gotta block them. They're not superstars. They're not guys who are gonna blow up your game plan. As long as you handle them well. On the outside, you do have a pair of guys who I think are a little bit more significant probably isn't the right word but a little bit flashier guys who might make some more big plays um, Elijah Shelton is the they have him in the in the stud role which is just a defensive end um, he is kind of the more subdued of the two he's going to do a little bit against the run he's going to do a little bit against the pass as a, as a as a pass rusher um he has the ability to do all this stuff but he's not quite as explosive an athlete he's not going to make quite the impact that his counterpart will which is adam plant jr adam plant jr has been fantastic for UNLV. I believe he's a former TCU transfer a couple years ago now. Um, He is an all-conference caliber player, I think, and he has been showing that as the rush end this season. He's their primary pass rusher. He will likely fall to Alfred Edwards III. I think this offensive line in general has done a good job against good pass rushes this season or against pass rushes in general. Quarterbacks have not spent a lot of time on the ground, and I would expect that that could be the case here as well. But Adam Plant is going to be the one to neutralize in this game. This is not a defense that blitzes a ton. They do blitz some, but it's going to be a lot of just four-man pressure just trying to beat them straight up. And Utah State needs to win those battles. Uh, Behind the defensive line at linebacker. We have a, t- a pair of players to mention, um, Austin ajiak and Kyle Baudry, uh, both seniors. Both have been here for quite some time. Neither of them, again, guys who really stand out to me. I think Austin is the better of the two. He's sort of the more athletic of the bunch. He'll go around and do more uh, around the field. He is... If there's a coverage assignment, like a tight end or a running back that is that is out on a route, it'll probably go to Austin rather than Kyle. Um, Kyle is more of your your run stuffer, your traditional run stuffer. Um, He's 6'1", 240. He is the bigger of the bunch. He will be responsible for trying to help slow down uh, Calvin Tyler and the Utah State rushing attack in general. I would guess that you're going to see a lot of six-man boxes. I don't think that they're going to be bringing an extra guy onto the field to play linebacker very often. This is a five-man secondary, and I don't think they're going to change that. It's going to be a lot of six-man boxes with... Uh, 5 in coverage, and then the linebacker's probably spying, or the safety's in a zone, and the linebacker's in coverage. It can be any number of things, but I would guess you're going to see the pretty standard four-two-five alignment more often than you see anything else from this defense. Um, and these linebackers are both good four-two-five linebackers. They're not great. They are not superstars, but they get the job done. They do what they need to do. They are valuable pieces of the defense in the secondary. At the cornerback spots, we have Cameron Oliver and Noel Williams. Uh, Cameron Oliver has not been great this season. He is one of two outside cornerbacks. Um, he's the lesser of the two. Younger guy. He's a sophomore. Has been sort of picked on a little bit this season. I would think that if there is scope to work in the passing game for Utah State, it will likely come against him or slot corner Jerray Williams, who has also been somewhat, not an easy target, but he has been a favorite target of opposing offenses this season. They've had a lot of success throwing at him, and Utah State needs its slot receivers, really, to step up and, and to, uh, to handle that, because the nickelback will be largely responsible for handling them. Um, But Oliver, number five, and Williams, number 23, are going to be the main cornerbacks who I think Utah State can get something going against because Noel Williams is excellent. He's excellent. He's fantastic. He is. I think one of the better cornerbacks in the league, in the Mountain West. Um, I would guess that he will probably draw Brian Cobbs for a lot of the game. He will be responsible for that. So if it's a quiet Brian Cobbs game, that's why. I don't think you should blame Brian Cobbs for that. Noel Williams is just really good. it's going to be for Utah State about finding guys open away from from big number two from from the uh, the top cornerback on the field, and one of the best defenders on the field in Noel Williams um, I don't know that there's really a way to scheme him out of the game plan, he's just he's just going to take away a top receiver it's what he does, it's It's what he does it's what he will continue to do he has done it this season um, against uh, receivers who are at least as good as Brian Cobbs is, and I would, I would expect that that will be the case moving forward as well um, and then rounding out the defense at safety is the safety pairing of Jonathan Baldwin and Jordan Morgan. Um, not really a ton to separate the two. Trentson Holloway plays a little bit as well as Senior who backs up the uh, Morgan. Not a ton to separate these two. They're both just pretty capable safeties. Um, they, they, they do their jobs. They're in generally the right place. Neither of them really stand out. That's a lot of this defense. I think that that's the the way that I would describe this defense in general this season is that it does its job. It does its job. It's not super flashy. It's not the best. It's not a great defense, but it has definitely improved. It is definitely more solid than it was this time a year ago. Um, this team in general has taken huge steps forward, but the defense, not so much as the offense. It has improved, though. It is better. It is more structurally sound. The things that they're doing makes more sense. I think that they have more talent than they have had in recent years. It's a fairly veteran group, and they show it, uh, especially on the defensive line with four starting seniors. It's a lot of starting seniors. Um, They have six seniors just in the front six, which is just of the starters. They have another uh, three in the in the two deep. That's a lot. That's a lot of experience, and it shows in what they do. They're smart. They're disciplined. They do the right things. Um, it's a defense you can't make mistakes against. It's a defense that you can beat if you have if you have uh, a scheme that you trust, or you have one on one matchups that you trust players who you trust to win those matchups. Utah State's not been able to do that yet, and I would hope that they are more willing to scheme guys up than they have been in recent weeks. Um, but this is definitely a defense you can. You can beat, and Utah State should be able to beat, um, even without Kyle Van Leeuwen. If if Logan Bonner is at full strength or near it, if the accountability that they have talked about in the week after the bye week is there, has actually been a focus, I think that this should be a defense that Utah State should be able to move the ball on and ultimately put the ball in the end zone. Um, So prediction for the game, I'll end with here. I've not done great on these. <laughs> it's not been, it's not been a great run of predictions this season. Um, although I don't know that that is unique to me. I don't imagine that a lot of people saw the Weber State game coming in the way that it did. Um, as for here, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about U- Utah State. I think that this past week, the ba- the bye week came at a really good time. I think that the energy coming out of the team is good. It gets improved from where it was. Um, I think that there have been steps taken to hide or get rid of some of the issues that we saw against Weber State. I still think that they are going to be very much a work in progress, but I think that a work in progress Utah State can still beat UNLV. That's, that's, That's where I'm at with this. I think UNLV gets its points. I think that the rushing attack is is able to have some success, but ultimately Utah State does just enough offensively with a a more established quarterback who is more comfortable going down the field. And when they need it in the fourth quarter, they are able to get Doug Brumfield and the UNLV offense off the field. I have Utah State winning 24-21. I feel okay about that. I wrote that a couple days ago in the preview. I still stand by that. I think that Utah State wins. I think it's close. I think that it is a win that even if you don't feel great about it, As a Utah State fan or as Utah State because you'd like to win by more Um, it is a win that at this point given what has happened in recent weeks you'd take it you'd absolutely take it I think any win is going to be a a pretty major success here for Utah State I have them winning Um, and uh, on that note I suppose I will talk to you all on Sunday night or Monday morning whenever I get the recap up and let's hope I'm talking about a win